0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Six And Father, one of the lessons or teachings from the Bible that I have had so much problem with growing up and and conceptually grasping was when Jesus says you have to live with childlike dependence upon God. Um, I now have a child and I think that I might be seeing this in a little bit of different light now that... I have a two-year-old. And I think that if if I give this example, it will help express it. And I think that this might be the context in which it was meant to be said from Jesus or meant to be understood, I guess. And that was, as my son was developing, if he didn't see me or feel me directly touching him, changing him, playing with him or whatever, I didn't exist. Um, And then he got a little bit bigger. And if I was in the room but not touching him, that became okay. You know, I I still exist. I'm over on the other side of the room. I'm not in his face holding him. And then it became he can hear me even if he can't see me, and that's good enough. And then that gap of time in between him hearing me started to grow and grow a little bit. But he still, Joey still knew that I was here and I was with him. And then it eventually became, this is our house. This is our home. Dad is there. And then it grew to, this is my house. As long as I'm in the house, dad will be here. And I go through that process intentionally because I think that it's part of, again, not trying to encapsulate all of it, but part of what Jesus was saying with, you need to act and think like a child to to be with God. And in some ways, I think I might have just articulated my son's growth in faith, um, granted faith in me being there to be with him. And I wanted to talk about that because, A, if that is the case, it's an exercise we can practice ourselves to help us grow faith in this department. But I also wanted to see if the starting notion is is accurate or if I'm just connecting two dots that shouldn't be put together.
1: No, I think it's a beautiful illustration. There are those kinds of childhood development or developmental models which at a human level can be a mirror for what they are like at the uh, the supernatural level, at the faith level. So, I think it's uh, beautiful and and that's the right distinction faith in you as opposed to faith in God. And uh, of course, you are not as faithful as God is, um but the the closer that you get to him, the more that it builds that up in your son. He has a real experience at a human level of faithfulness, of trustworthiness. And so that's going to help him to believe in a father, a heavenly father who is also trustworthy and keeps his promises. And so it's a a beautiful illustration. And we tend to call that in the psychological language, object permanence. So things don't just exist when I'm experiencing them with my senses, but things exist beyond the experience of my senses. And then also there's a kind of relational permanence that the relationship persists even when I'm not experiencing it with my senses. And uh, then you also connected that to some other things like the house and uh, that that relationship gets tied in with the house. And, and potentially with other objects or places or other relationships. I'm sure that your your wife also makes you present in a particular way. I really experienced that growing up. My dad was in the Navy and for a certain time when I was growing up, he was out at sea for large chunks of time. But as I look back on it, I never felt like he was absent. He he felt very present to me. And as I kind of explored that, I think it was really my mother especially who made him so present that. She uh, always anticipated him coming home, spoke about him, was connected to him and, and connected us to him in, uh, through her own love. So uh, all of those ways of experiencing faithfulness, trustworthiness beyond the purview of our, of our senses, being able to trust in promises is uh, yeah, really, really important.
0: Yeah. And I I think that that's something that's fantastic that you brought up there in that one relationship can grow another. Um, And that the fact that using your example there, your dad literally was away; he was at sea um, doing, doing his job with the Navy and you were still able to feel that there. And I think that that in part is, is what we're all called to do with God is that be relationships for other people to say, hey, he's here, he's real. Um, it's not like we're, we're making him up. You will see your dad again. Um, in your case, literally, in our case, when we pass. Uh, but I, I think that that's something that is is a responsibility and a way to grow <laughs> within ourselves that is it, powerful. Because I'm sure as your mother was going through that, she was becoming closer to your dad at the same time. And as I'm saying this out loud, I think I might be articulating what being a witness is. <laughs> I might might be off on that expression as well. But I, I think that there's just so much to this practice of going through how do I feel that, that, that God is there? What stage am I at? Am I the part where I need to be touched constantly? Do I need to be able to see him in the corner of the room? Is it, do I need to hear him or have I gotten to a point where I just know he'll be there and I know where I can find him? And I think that those steps actually, I mean, they might have different ways to look in your own life, but I think they are the prominent ones. And to look at where we are in that spectrum and how to go from one to another, I think is important. Because on the one hand, I don't think it's realistic to expect to see miracles and blessings every single second or every single day, um, like it would be in the touchy playing with me phase. Um, I, I just don't think that that's realistic. But I also don't believe that just because you're not seeing them constantly doesn't mean that God is out. He said, deal with this yourselves. I'm never coming back. And I think that that dichotomy is really kind of what's going on in a lot of people. And as a result, it's become much easier to disappear into the ether of life, into the screens that we have, into all of the other distractions that keep us from building up relationships with each other and and also obviously with God.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't want to make a a direct correlation. Uh, I think probably those things are really necessary for human development. For natural development, um, we have to have those steady patterns, and and it's pretty disruptive if we don't. Um, I don't know that that's true in terms of faith development, but uh, certainly in broad strokes, it would be that uh, generally more towards the beginning of our our faith journey. Although, again, you know, uh, people's faith journey starts. I mean, so some people are really experiencing things from uh, the earliest years. I, I, we've talked a little bit before about catechesis of the good shepherd. I mean, there's a toddler, uh, CGS here in Latrobe. So one and a half year olds are having religious education. Essentially. Um, those children may never, anyway, how, how that experience with God develops for them is, um, I don't know, I suppose I'll find out, but the, uh, Hmm. it's a, it's a little bit, a little bit different than somebody like myself who Really had no conscious awareness of God or His presence, and then began to have that at a very concrete time. And I would say earlier on in my own faith journey, there were a lot more tangible graces, not nearly as many as Joseph has of your presence, uh, as your son has of your presence. But uh, the you know the, certainly at the outset of the spiritual journey, we tend to receive more spiritual consolation, more support. Um, God makes his presence uh, a little bit more strong and felt. And then over time, that tends to diminish. And um, again, it doesn't have all of the same elaborations of going from maybe sight to hearing to promise or place or person, uh, as you, you described very beautifully, the that progression for your son. But um, certainly the the broad strokes of that development are there. And And the Lord knows, you know, he does a little different thing with each of us, but we can be confident, unlike in uh, any human situation, um, where it's sinners (laughs) trying to do their best in God's situation, he's always doing the best thing for us. And so whatever amount of presence or absence we're experiencing is ultimately the right thing. He's, he, he knows what he's doing. And, uh, He's even working with the sinfulness of each one of us and our failure to fully represent him or present him uh, to witness to him. I, li- I really like that connection with witness that you made. Um, you know, he's working with that all along, uh, but still he's, he's doing the best thing for us. So the, the growth in trust, which is uh, painful and difficult, which is beautiful and reassuring and which stabilizes faith. Uh, within us is is a really important growth in our in our uh, really tracks the growth of our spiritual journey,
0: and I think that one of the things that struck me in, in you telling that was that this is not meant to be the same for everyone. Yes, we all do receive the same Eucharist during Mass, but every relationship is going to be different. And for one person to say, oh, I have this feeling whenever I think and pray with God. And since you don't have that feeling, you're doing it wrong. Th- that's wrong. And also, it's not meant to be the same forever. You, know, you, you use terms like growth, um, in, which definitionally means it will be different. And I think that that is something that we really, as people, can get in ourselves like St. Peter's, like I'm thinking like a person and not like God. Um, You know, like this is my vision, you know, growth looks like this, you know, in a business world, that spreadsheet's going up with the arrow of more sales. Yay. Um, But that's not how relationships work, nor is it meant to be comparative to other people, which I think as a starting point is incredibly difficult to do because as people... Our entire senses system is based upon comparisons. You know, really, I'm looking at a a screen right now. How can I tell what parts you and what parts the background? Because I'm drawing comparison with my eyes, my brain. It's doing all this stuff instantaneously. And that's our lives to look at comparisons and differences. And there's times that you're going to be like, I wish it was like that. And have this like nostalgic or regret type feeling. And I think that that's. Part of what we need to flush out to be better at growing faith is that it's supposed to change. That's a good thing. It's supposed to be unique to me. That's part of being made in the image of God in my own unique way. Good. And rather than trying to say, I'm different than that person, relatively speaking, why is this different? And looking at that as a negative, embrace it as a positive to your personal and unique relationship with God. And I think that that's one of the other things. It's a reflection upon us. Each of us are called to have different relationships with those around us than everyone else. And if we get into a space where it seems like I treat everyone the same way, I believe that's part of what um, St. John Paul was saying about reducing people. It's like, no, no, if if you're actually treating everyone as a unique and important person, you're going to have different relationships with them. Even if you're doing similar activities with them every day, you know, you might all be accountants in the same room and you might all be working on the same various similar tasks, but you should be have different relationships with each of them because that's the nature of how people are when you actually have true relationships. So father, I hope I didn't go down a tangent that was wrong there, but I felt like it was all connected because it's with our relationship and faith with God.
1: Yeah, that's right, and and uh, <clears throat> I like your emphasis on on growth there. And growth is always going to involve change and struggle. It's not easy. We're going to change and struggle best in relationship with others, and and ultimately the culmination of our life is a relationship with others is a, a deeper communion of persons. That's even more in the image and likeness of God than we are alone. And that communion of persons finds its mm-hmm. consummation, its fulfillment in the communion of persons in the Trinity, in God himself. And so, yeah, we're moving in that direction. And that involves uh, growth and trust uh, and um you know, and that's the precisely the thing that has to be restored from the original sin, from the fall, is broken trust. Uh, it was distrust in God, and that led to distrust in each other. That led to distrust in the, the angels and distrust in creation. And so all of that distrust, all of that broken trust, all of that struggle had to be repaired. And somebody's got to take the risk of trusting now, the uh, the Lord proves himself trustworthy for us. He gives promises. He shows his fulfillment. He says he's coming home, and he really does. He says he will be with us, and he really is. Uh, it's another part that the analogy falls short a little bit is you are not actually with your son all the time, but God is actually with us all the time. It's not just that he will be back. Um, he is always with us. And so there is a, a transition in there. But How do I experience his being with me? Well, at at the least that comes through spiritual consolation. How do I trust that he is still with me in the spiritual desolation? And that's the kind of growth that you were describing uh, in terms of human absence. We just are having a different experience of God's presence. But um, all of that growth in relationship through growth in trust, which requires trust to be tested and stretched and then proven uh trustworthy and so uh that's uh yeah it's certainly our relational path and those are uh yeah, those are beautiful moments of our of our growth and and then just uh, generally the appreciation i appreciate your analogy with human relationships and human experiences and especially with with children i think parents i love the fact that you're reflecting on your relationship with your son because I think parents just have a wealth, I mean they just have a living catechism in their house in observing their children and their relationship with their children, and uh there's so much to be gained from that, so I really appreciate you bringing that that forward as well,
0: yeah, father, as you say that there's also um fear and risk that comes with that um you know and and I think that that's uh something that, that, you know, we're dealing with is that, you know, there, there's certainly lots of ways this thing could go wrong. Um, and, and living with that every day, I think is part of a remembrance that, you know, this, this thing we call life it is a test to, to, to fulfill what's God. And if you're doing things the wrong way, he's, a two-year-old, it will manifest itself real quickly. <laughs> you know, reaching your hand in the drawers just to see what's in there um, can be cool in a toy chest, but not exactly good in the kitchen, and, and really good makes at least ourselves very conscious of what it is that we're saying and teaching because of the potential problems that could come from essentially damaging this this relationship, damaging this person, and I think that that. In itself, the the, the ever present enormity of that um is something that 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 is real. Um and if you look at it, it goes it, it's actually not my soul that, that I'm trying to fix here. It's not my body that I'm trying to keep from getting burnt. Um, but I, I have much more care about it. And you know, we think about that, we have control over our relationship and our and, and our actions every single day. And are we doing anything with it? I think that that's something that, as you say, in terms of a wealth of potential, it is there. Um, And and I think part of it is seeing the wealth of downsides that could occur and how active and involved should I be, ought I be to fix this. And unfortunately... You never know, (laughs) because it's not like I have four of them that I'm going to go. This is test group A, test group B, test group C, like I would for a marketing plan. Um, You know, okay, that plan didn't work. Scrap and forget it. Well, no, this this is my sign. I'm not scrapping and forgetting it. So I think that that when you look at it from the preciousness of it, it really does emphasize a lot. And yeah, yeah, I, I guess that was a long way to agree with you, but to look at it from a. A, a little bit different lens, but yeah, it is certainly something
1: every day. Um A new adventure. <laughs> the
0: least.
1: Beautiful. And I love that you're living that adventure and sharing some of those fruits with us. And uh I obviously don't have my own physical children, but have gained so much from talking with parents like you and many of my spiritual directees and learning from your experience and, and seeing just even the description of uh, the data of your experience, some of those spiritual patterns, but it's exciting when you can see those uh, patterns on your own as well. Really beautiful.
0: Yes, yes. And we hope that everyone out there enjoys the conversations as well. If so, please share us by clicking that share button and sending it to someone who you think could benefit from us. We thank you for being with you, and we'll be with you next week.